Welcome to Dividend Stock Talk, brought to you by the 10-Minute Trader, with your host, Mr. James Gardino Sr. That's me. I'm going to be talking about dividend stocks and investing for weekly cash flow. My main goal, 1% return per week. These are live trading sessions. If you want to join in, just let me know. Now, on with the show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is James from Dividend Stock Talk, brought to you by the 10-Minute Trader, where we talk about and we actively invest in dividend stocks for weekly and monthly cash flow using only pre-qualified dividend stocks. Now, what do I mean by a pre-qualified dividend stock? That is a company that, in my humble opinion, I could be wrong. I have been known to be wrong once or twice. In my humble opinion, a pre-qualified dividend stock is a company that has consistently increased its dividend payments to its shareholders for a bare minimum of 20 to 25 years. I preferably like the dividend kings myself, which have more than 50 years of a continuous increased dividends, and most of them have been in business for over 100 years. They have stood the test of time, and they have proven themselves worthy, and I'm not greedy. I'm not looking to make a huge amount of money. I'm only looking to make 1% per week. That's it. If you're looking for something that's going to give you more than that, hey, this is not the place for you. You're looking to get rich overnight? This definitely ain't the place for you. This is more for those people that don't want to spend their whole lives sitting online trying to wait for that perfect setup to make that perfect return for whatever reason. Nope, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for simple, easy, consistent, and safety. Safety is my key because I don't want to have to replace any money that I may have lost. I live off the interest that I make, and I'm not greedy. I got to that point in my life where, you know what? All the shiny bells and whistles just don't thrill me anymore. I actually enjoy watching the chipmunks foraging for food. I I sit in my chair and I watch a chipmunk grab a nut, store it, run it back up a tree, go grab another one, do the same over and over again. But that's the time of year that we're in at the moment because it is fall and I do have the privilege of being able to not having to work if I don't want to. But, (coughs) excuse me, I'm at the tail end of my coronavirus scenario. Um, I've been in isolation for almost two full weeks. I got this little cough, won't go away. But I had to skip a couple of days last week because I was just too sick to get online to do the recordings. Good, I was, you know, it, it was a terrible thing. Uh, it happens. Um, I personally, and this is just me personally, I personally think that the numbers are too great that everybody is not going to catch this thing eventually. Okay? So them telling you to get the shot and you'll be okay, that's a bunch of bullshit. I got the shot and I still got sick. All my kids got the shot and they all got sick. So, granted it may have been a little less severe, but it doesn't save you from getting it. Well, it didn't save me. Anyway, I'm healthy as a horse. I don't take any prescription drugs. I'm um, pushing 58. I don't have, and I, I don't even, believe it or not, I don't even have a, um, a physician. I don't have a primary caregiver because I haven't needed one. All right, anyway, enough of that crap. Let's get in to see where we are, see where we're going. It is another week. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry about the coughing, guys. It's just one of those things you're going to have to deal with. Um, last week was the first week of the whole year that all the profits that I made Monday through Friday had to be given back Friday afternoon. STX, my cash cow... Ended up jumping just a little bit above the um, what am I looking for? Strike price that I sold, and uh, it I just had to pay the fiddler. You know, you dance to the music, you got to pay the fiddler, 
And that's what happened to me on Friday. Well, <coughs> excuse me again. It's a good thing that I collected dividends last week. I collected dividends off of one, two, three, four stocks. No, sorry, three stocks. And then um, this week, actually tomorrow, I'll be collecting 600 premium, uh, 600 uh, uh, dividends for my Philip Morris stock. I, and I don't even know what that is, you know. <laughs> sorry, just don't. All right, <clears throat> we got five, posi five positions that I carried through from last week. I'm going to go over those and see if I can um, make a couple of nice trades to get me $1,000 using those five positions. I don't have very much available cash to spend this week, but I am still going to go over the trades for those companies that are uh, coming up with their EX date this week this week using our the you know the formula that I use you know buy it 10 days before the ex date and go from there and we'll be walking through that in a little bit first let's take a look at the positions that we have and we're going to go from there all right first on the list is CINF that's Cincinnati Financial CINF it's a dividend king's been on the list for oh, for generations I could say generations because isn't a generation like 22 years? Something like that? I don't know. <clears throat> All right. Cincinnati Financial started out the year last year. Every Monday we're going to do the, do the whole rundown, so to speak. So any new stock we look at during the week, we're going to go from the very first part of the week. We're going to do the whole gambit, so to speak. So we're going to go look at the whole one-year chart, and then we're going to dissect it and look at what we're going to do, and where we think it's going to go. All right, so Cincinnati Financial started out the year last year at 78.55. Didn't take long for it to find the bottom of the year, and that was right around election at 69.92. Now, just after the election, this thing runs up to a trading range of, was that 114 to 120? And just travels there from, well, it looks like it, it, it got there at the beginning of May, now, from May all the way to the present, it stayed in the trading range of between 114 and 123. Okay, It's sitting at 118 at the moment. Now, it did hit the high of the year at 125.67, and that was the end of last month of August. <clears throat> from there, it's been nothing but down to hit uh, 112. It bounces off the 112. She's sitting at 118 at the moment. Now, we have a covered call on this, and I hate uh, using um, monthly optionable stock because then you have to get a really decent-sized premium to hold it for three to four weeks. So I'm holding this stock for three to four weeks, and I've only collected a 90-cent premium. All right, So I got the stock at 123. The price at the moment is 118, and I sold... The, uh, the 120 call. So, I collected the dividends on this, which is nice. It allowed me to collect an, an additional one share, which is only 123 bucks. That's not that bad. Um, but, I also sold the premium. So, instead of just collecting the dividend, like a lot of people will buy a stock and just collect the dividend and that's it. Hey, I would love to be in that position. I would love to have enough money to have enough shares to give me a weekly paycheck of $1,000 or more. But, you know, this account only has $100,000 in it. $100,000 is giving me 1% per week. And I have to use some um, creative investing. Let's call it creative investing. But the creative investing part is, <coughs> it's all very safe trades because I'm basically doing just covered calls and um, a div cap play. Now the div cap play is where I buy it before the EX date, add the dividend into it, the upcoming dividend into the purchase price and that's my new exit. <clears throat> if I can get in and out, collect that little dividend, pff, hey, I'm happy to go. But CINF apparently didn't work out that way for me. I tried it back um, the end of last month which was 27 days ago, 28 days ago. Because I got it on 8.30 at, at 1.23. 
okay? And I add the dividend into it and it didn't hit that target price because it doesn't do it all the time. <coughs> now, most of the time it does, but not all the time. Now, I did collect the dividend. Nice, thank you. Now, most people said, you know what? That's it, I'm good. Collect the dividend. Let's hold on to the stock and just collect that uh, dividend every 90 days. No, 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 no. Not for me, anyway. See, I collect a dividend, and then I sell a premium against it. Now, this stock in particular is a monthly optionable stock. So, per quarter, the most money I can collect on this stock here is one dividend payment and three premiums. Because the premium is only good for one option play. And considering this is a monthly option play, it's not a weekly. Now, a weekly would have given me at least um, 13, 13 different ways of getting money off of this stock. You know, collect a weekly premium and collect a dividend. But no, this one is a monthly optional stock, so I can collect one dividend and three premiums. Okay, so I collected the premium of 90 cents, and I collected the, uh, the dividend of... I don't even remember what it was, but it was enough to get me one share. I have 100 shares. Oh, sorry. I have 200 shares of, of Cincinnati Financial, and 200 shares of Cincinnati Financial was enough to get me one share. That's actually after you add in all the, um, the dividends. All right, so that being said, <coughs> that's where we are with CINF. I'm going to apologize again for the coughing. Um, for those of you that have been following me for a while, you know I do not edit my my um, my podcasts, you know, uh, because I honestly believe that time is very valuable, and I don't want to spend my time taking out coughing and you know just natural stuff. You know, I want to try to keep these these uh, recordings short, right to the point, get to where we're going at. And then move on. All right, next on the list is 3M. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not done with Cincinnati Financial yet. Um, so that's Cincinnati Financial. It's sitting at 118.51. Let's quickly take a look at the seasonality for Cincinnati Financial. Um, looks like she's going to go sideways for a couple of, couple more weeks. I mean, because we are, as of, I think it's this Thursday or this Friday, we'll be into the fourth quarter of the year. Because once the the month is over, that's it for the third quarter. Okay, so for Cincinnati Financial, basically going to be going sideways for the rest of the <clears throat> duration of this month. And um, I don't see what else we should be looking at on Cincinnati Financial because they're not going to have another dividend for another 90 days or 80 days or whatever it's going to be. All right, 3M is next on the list. 3M, I believe, is another... I think it's the dividend aristocrat. I don't think 3M is the dividend king. I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that. But anyway, 3M started out the year last year at 162.42. Didn't take long for it to find its bottom just before the election. At 10.29, found its bottom at 156.13. All right, after the election, she jumps up to a trading range of 172, travels there just into January. Then after January, she jumps into a trading range of 177, follows that until the beginning of March. Then she shoots up to find her high of the year at 208.95. From there, she goes sideways for more than, more than uh, half the year. Finally, on um, mid-August, she drops out of that trading range and falls down to find the new 90-day low at 177.53. Now, she just bounced off of that to hit 182.86. Now, we got this at uh, 194. No, sorry. We got this at 198. <clears throat> um... She's sitting at 182 at the moment. Let's take a quick look at seasonality to find out where we think might be going for the next week or so. And 
3M looks like it's in a little bit of a downspin for a while. So I could sell an at-the-money call, get me the highest premium, and the stock could drop off just a little bit more. Uh, let me take a look at the big chart first. Okay, so the big chart has the price trending on the high side, on the upside. Um, the sellers are advancing and the buyers are retreating. Wait a minute. Sellers are retreating and buyers are advancing. But they're still at a two-to-one ratio. Um, the volume looks about the same. Last Friday, not the Friday that just passed, the Friday before had in a very... I don't even know if this is a word, but I kind of like it. Anomalyptic event. It's an anomaly. It doesn't happen all the time. The volume, which is usually around 2.5 million, um, Friday jumped to 10.8 million. Now, that was on the 17th. It wasn't last Friday, but it was the Friday before. Why all the volume on that Friday? And a lot... Of, this is not the first stock I've seen this on. I've seen so many stocks that the volume... Uh, um, quadrupled or uh, six times volume on that one particular Friday. And I don't even know why. All right, so she's sitting at 182.88 at the moment. Um, I have a covered call on this one. Wait a minute. I can do a covered call on this one. So where are we? We are, I think I'll do the 187, uh, 185, because we're sitting at 182. I can do the 185. That'll work. All right. So <clears throat> I got 101 shares of this. So I'm going to sell the 185 call at 57 cents a share. That give me an extra 50 bucks. Now I'm trying to get $1,000. So this is only 57 bucks. So it's not a lot. So that one's up and off to the races. See if she gets filled. Um, she got filled at 62. Okay, so that gives me um, 62 bucks. All right, Philip Morris is next on the list for us to check out. PM, Philip Morris. Now we got Philip Morris at 106. She's sitting at 120, 102 at the moment. All right, but Philip Moore started out the year last year at 76.31. Found its low relatively quickly, like everyone else does, right at the end of August, October. Okay, uh, at 68.93 after the, the election, she shoots up to a trading range of 80, stays there until first week of February. And then she just escalates and keeps on going to hit a high of the year at 106.51. And that was in the beginning of September. That was the beginning of this month. So from there, I don't know if this is what you want to call profit-taking or pullback. Whatever you want to call it. But she hit 106.51. Right now, she's bouncing off of um, 100. She's sitting at 101. Uh, sorry, 102.68. Uh, we got this at 106. <coughs> All right, we got this at 106. And we're going to be collecting the dividend on this tomorrow. Okay, because tomorrow is the EX date. All right, so we get 600 of, of whatever the, the dividend is for this, which is good. And then we're going to try to sell it at the 106. So let's see what seasonality looks like. Now we got to remember that the um, the dividend's paying out, and usually when the dividend pays out, the stock has a tendency to drop a little bit. This thing is the seasonality looks like it's going to drop a little bit right to the beginning of uh, next month, which is the first, which is what this Friday. From there, she should be leveling out, and then going. Let's go check and see if. She's going to go back up after that. The first Friday, then she's going to go back up. All right, so uh, that makes me a little happier. 
All right, so let's see. Uh, we're going to take a look at, in the big chart for Philip Morris to see if what we should be doing. Philip Morris. All right. Now, another one. Um, the Friday before last. You know, the volume's usually 4.3, and the volume ended up being, was at 8.8. So that's the one only doubled in volume for that anomalyptic event in back not this not the Friday that was, that was just a couple of days ago the Friday before that so it's a week ago Friday on the 17th okay all right so she's a little bit flat at the moment which is understandable because the dividend the ex date is tomorrow <coughs> uh, she's sitting at 102.71 and we got this at 106. I don't want to sell the 106 because it doesn't look that favorable. I'll do the 103. No, because the 103, because uh, she's at 102.73 at the moment. The 103 is not really going to pay that much. But the 104. Yeah. Yeah, let's do the 104s. seem to be having an issue here. I'm trying to change the numbers. I'm going to sell six. Okay. All right. So I'm going to try to sell <clears throat> sell six PM 100, which is the weeklies, one October 21, which is this Friday. The 104, at 12 cents, shit, it's only 72 bucks. It's not a lot of money. Okay. All right, so that one got filled. What's next on the list? STX. STX has been my savior for so long. Let's see what we can do with STX today. STX starts out the year uh, at 48.86. Uh, found its low a couple of weeks later, right around election time, at 46.92. And from there, she shoots up for the high of the year at 106.22. And that was in um, beginning of, uh, sorry, the middle of May. Now, the middle of May is when we bought this. All right, and we bought this. Um, oh my goodness, where did we get STX? We bought STX at ninety eight seventy nine. Now we got to collect dividends on this thing twice. Okay. Um, <coughs> so let's see where we are and where we are going. Uh, she's just bouncing off of what looks like a double bottom at uh, 81.42. She's sitting at 87.94 at this moment in time. Now, let's take a look at seasonality for this and see if we have an idea of which way this thing's going to go for the next couple of weeks. Actually, for this, basically just this week. That's all I really care for. She's going to go sideways. Sideways with a little bit of an uptrend to it. That works for me. I like that. All right, let's take a look at the big chart. In a second here. That way we can figure out what the numbers are looking like. STX. All right. So it's a little bit of a downturn in the trend. However, the buyers have just passed the sellers you know, 26, 22. So there's more more buyers than there are sellers. 
uh, volume looks about right, is it nice higher highs and higher lows for the past four days. So I'm thinking this thing is going to continue moving up because that's what this is what it's looking like in the chart itself. <coughs> Except for the trend line. Trend line looks like it peaked last week, but last week is when they um, had their earnings, I think. And then after that, it just went a little bit on the downside. So let's give it a quick trade for STX. She's sitting at 88. If we do 89, that's only $1 off. But it gives me 730 bucks. Now I could take 450 bucks and leave it at 90, which I think is probably the better idea. Okay. So we are going to sell 10 contracts. 10 STX100 weeklies, which is 1 October 21. That is this Friday. We're going to sell the 90 call at 43 cents per share limit order good to open. Okay, so it's going to bring me 430 bucks. It's not what I wanted, but <coughs> it's getting me closer to my goal. And it got filled at 45. It's 450 bucks. And last on the list would be VFC. Now, VFC into the one-year chart. Okay. VFC started out the year last year at 70.79. Okay. Now, <clears throat> after the first of the year, oops, sorry. Wait a minute. After the election, she jumps up to a trading range of 86, 83 to 86. So she stays there for a couple of months, um, dropping out of that to 79 trading range for a couple of months, and then making a high of the year at the end of April at $90.79. Now, from that high, she drops to a trading range of 79 and, tra and travels that way right into middle of August, which is the middle of last month. From there, continues to drop, finds a double bottom at 65.30, bounces off that. She's sitting at 68.79 at the moment. Now, we got this thing at 74 and a half. Uh, 77, anyway. <coughs> All right, we did get to collect the dividends on this, which is a good thing. Uh, VFC. Let's take a look at the big chart for VFC. VFC. The last 30 days. A very nice, strong, strong, strong trend line on the upside. Even though the stock price is moving down and it's bouncing off the 65.30, the trend, you know, the 100-day uh, the moving average is on the upside, which is good. All right, so the buyers and sellers are, are still a, a three-to-one separation. There's three times as many sellers as there are buyers. It's like, a, you know, 34 to 12. That's almost three-to-one. I don't know. Pretty close. All right, <clears throat> so that's where she's sitting now. Let's move over to the trade grid and see what is what. Okay, so the... Uh, it's at 69 at the moment. So if I was going to sell the at the money option right now, that would be a buck 30. So my sale price would be 69.30, which doesn't really thrill me. I think I'm willing to do the 70. That would bring me in 350 bucks. Now, I believe I only have 8 of these available. All right, so we're gonna do eight contracts. Eight times 35 is, should be somewhere around 270 bucks. That's not a lot. All right, here's what it sounds like. 
going to sell eight VFC 100 weeklies, which is one October 21. That is this Friday. The 70 call at 35 cents a share limit order to open. Now, this should bring me 280 bucks. Add that all together, and it's right or under. Um, all right, it's at 35. All right. <clears throat> All right, so it's 35. So we got 450 from STX. We got um, right around 300 from VFC. Um, and then 50, and then 50. That's four. 450, 550, 7, 750 bucks. So it only gave me three quarters of a point. So I got 5,500 bucks in order to make up about 250 bucks. I should be able to make 250, 300 bucks off of 5,500. Yeah, let's give it a try. Why not? Um, so let's see who is paying a dividend today or the next couple. Let's see who's on the list for the next couple of weeks. Um, the dividend kings, that's what we want to look at. All right, so the Dividend Kings for September. Um, we actually wanted to go into October. Is that correct? Because we are in the 27th. So we're looking at the week of the 11th, which is two companies, F-U-L and H-R-L. So that's Fuller, isn't it? HB Fuller Company. They're paying a 16 cent dividend Wednesday. So let's take a quick look, see what this is going to look like for us. F U L. Oops, try that again. F U L. Enter. So Fuller into the one year chart looks a little bit like this. All right, Fuller started out the year last year at 46.93, found its bottom a couple of weeks later at uh, 43.91. From there, she jumps up to a high of the year in the beginning of May at $70.58. From there, she's kind of like uh, sideways with a downspin, finding another bottom, the 90-day bottom at 59.23 bouncing off that with a little bit of a gap up. She gapped up from 60.57 all the way up to uh, 62, but riding that all the way up to 66.41. All right, so that's a nice little bounce off of that. Uh, seasonality speaking, uh, this is in a downturn, so this is not time of year to jump into Fuller. Let's take a look at the big chart for Fuller. F-U-L. And it's only a 16 cent dividend, so it, you know, it doesn't really thrill me that much. Yeah. It is in a little bit of a downturn. Um, both sellers and buyers are both retreating. Not Neither of them are advancing, but there are more buyers than there are sellers. But that's not saying a lot. Okay? And this one did have one of those anomalies on um, a week ago, Friday on the 17th. Uh, $240,000, which, which is normal average. And it jumped up to 880000 So she goes from... 200,000 to 880,000. So that's a, you know, four, almost 400% increase. Just that, That's only the volume, though. Okay, it doesn't tell you anything else. It's only the volume. Um, the trade good for Fuller, it is a monthly optional stock, so I'm just going to walk away now. Don't even want to bother with it. Uh, Hormel, I know for a fact Hormel has weekly options. I shouldn't say that, but Let's give it a try. H R L. 
Yes, and they do have weekly options. So let's take a look at HRL and see what that's going to do. Uh, now, Hormel <clears throat> started out the year last year at 48.78, found its high of the year at 52.51, um, right in the second week of November of last year. From there, she drops down to a trading range of 47 and travels almost the whole year at 47, the 45 area, before finally breaking out of that and hitting the low of the year Friday at 40.56. She bounces off that. She's got the dividend coming up in two weeks. She's sitting at 41.10 at the moment. So what is that going to tell me? Let's take a look at seasonality, see if we what... Hormel plans to be doing in the next couple of days. Uh, next couple of days. That's all I'm really interested. In. Okay, so she's she's got the bottom right there. That's easily to, easily to see. For those of you not watching and only listening, the seasonality chart has two two different lines on it: a blue line and a red line. The red line represents ten years worth of data. You know what is the average movement over a ten year period. The blue line represents what is it doing this year. So. According to um, historical performance, this thing should be bouncing up in the next couple of days and should hit a, a nice little uh, up spike for the next couple of days. All right, so let's take a look at the chart for Hormel, and that is a very, 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 very strong upward trend. So that looks good. Um, again, uh, Friday's volume. Kind of crazy, but alrighty then. Uh, buyers and sellers. Buyers are advancing, sellers are retreating. That's good. Um, let's just jump on in and take a look at a couple of thoughts for Hormel. Now, Hormel, the bid is 4108 by 4109. Now, when there's only a one cent spread difference, when there's a difference between the buy and the ask, and it's only one penny, that means lots and lots of volume. Alrighty, so she's at 41 at the moment, so an at-the-money call would be a 1% trade. So if you bought it at the money right now at uh, 41.09 and you sold the 41 call to give someone the, per the right to buy it from you for the exact same price you paid for it, you're looking at you know, your 1% right there. All right. <clears throat> do I want to do the 42? No, I don't, because the 42 is only worth five cents. But, and the stock would have to move up. So a covered call would be very nice on this one. Um, I, I might even do a, a spread on this one because she's so close. Um, the 4041. 80 cents. That's a 20%. Yeah. Four two is that right? Four to one. Yeah, that's a four to one spread, which is a twenty percent return. Uh as a twenty percent return for the week. Do I really want to do that? Oh I don't now. Alright, but you know what? I think I will. All right, we're going to look at 50 contracts. Now, <clears throat> Hormel. Now, this is what we're looking at at the moment. I'm going to buy 50 contracts of Hormel for this Friday, which is um, 1 October 21. The 40 over 41 call at 80 cents. Mirrors. I'm putting up four thousand bucks, and the most I can make is one thousand. Hmm. Alrighty then. So, as long as the stock stays forty dollars and eighty cents or higher, I make my money. Okay. Now, the nice thing about this, listen up closely. The stock is sitting at 41.03. Okay, so if the stock goes up, I make my 20%, my 25%. <clears throat> if the stock stays the exact same, I make my 25%. Now, 
the stock is sitting at 41.03 at the moment. Break even is at $40.80. So the stock can even come down and I will still make a profit. That is one of my absolute favorite trades. If it goes up, I make my 25%. Stays the same, I make my 25%. You can even go down a little bit and I'll still make my 25%. So off to the races and she gets filled at 75 cents, Ooh, which is even better. 75% would be a 33% return on investment. Awesome. So as long as she says about 40, 80, I'm going to make a 33% return. Okay. So that's the dividend kings for this week. Let's take a look at um, Warren Buffett's list for this week. All right. So this week for Warren Buffett's list, we have ABBV and PNC. ABBV, which is ABV Incorporated, has a $1.18 dividend. So let's take a look at the numbers and see what it looks like. So the one-year chart for ABV started out the year at 87.32. About a month later, she found its bottom at uh, 79.11, just before the election. After the election, she jumps up to a trading range of 104. So from 79, she jumps to 104 trading range and travels through that all the way up to the end of April. Now, at the end of April, she jumped up to a trading range of 115, kept going sideways all the way up to the high of the year at 121.53, and that was the beginning of this month. Now, <coughs> she had a horrible first month, first day of the, of the month. She opened up at, at 121, and she ended up closing at 112. Ow. Oh, that hurts saying that. But you know what? Is what it is. Uh, found its bottom at 106, been sideways ever since, and she's sitting at 107 at this moment in time. All right, so let's take a look at the seasonality for AbbVie. And uh, she's basically going to go sideways for the next couple of days, which is okay because that's great for uh, you know covered call or spread trade. Let's take a look at the big chart for AbbVie. ABBV into the big chart. All right, so after that, that drop from 121.53 to uh, 112.27, she's been nothing but up. You know, nice strong uptrend from that point, you know, after she made that drop. Um, okay. Let's look at the trade grid for ABV. Um, Uh, the bid is 107.62 and the ask is 107.65. So like a three cent spread, so it's not that big. But still, it's small enough to be uh, good to look at. Now, this is a weekly optionable stock also. i looking at the uh, 107.65. The 108 looks pretty good. Um, Because even if you did at the money, uh, the 107, 107 is paying around 135. So you add the 135 to the 107, the purchase price. Uh, you'd have a sale price of 108.33, which is only um, 63 and 43. No, wait a minute. Yeah, 63 and 33 is. 96. Okay, it's just a tiny bit under 1%. That would be at the money. Now, one strike out of the money, the, 10, the 108, you'd be collecting the, um, the premium and the difference. It's, but the stock would have to move up in order for that one to hit. 
you know, you buy it at 107.59, that's, you know, 107, 107.60, which is the price at the moment, and you sell the, the 108 for 79 cents a share, which is not that bad if you think about it. You know, because you still have the difference between, because you add the, the, that 79 cents premium to the strike price. And your per in your sale price would be one oh eight eighty, you know, somewhere in that area. One oh eight eighty from one oh seven sixty is a buck twenty. Now that's much better. I like a buck twenty. That's a little over one percent. So if you did a, a covered call at the money, you'd be getting you know just shy of one percent. But if you did one strike out of the money, did the 108, it'd be just a tiny bit above 1%. All right. That would be the best possible scenario. All right. Um, next on the list, PNC, a buck 15 for PNC Financial Services Group. Let's quickly take a look at PNC. PNC. All right, so PNC started out the year last year at the low of the year at 105.16, traveled sideways right up to the to the end of um, October, and then beginning of the presidential <clears throat> season, she goes from 111 and just shoots all the way up to 203.88. She tops out at 203.88, and that was in the... Uh, in the second week of May. Now from there, she had a little bit of profit taken and going sideways, but she's sitting at 200 at the moment. Now, there looked to have been some support on the 182 area, so she's bouncing off that um, a week ago, and she's sitting at 200 at the moment. Now, I don't like the gap ups, because gap ups have a tendency to fill with gap downs, <laughs> or downward pricing um, it's not the high of the year but it is the high of the 20 day period and I don't I, I'm not 100% comfortable with it moving let's take a look at the seasonality and see if this thing has anything up its sleeve so to speak nope no anomalies in the uh, seasonality chart the seasonality chart has it growing sideways which, you know, I can see that. All right, so the big chart for PNC. PNC into the big chart. All right, the trend line is on the upside. There's a huge amount of buyers over sellers. Um, buyers are at 33, sellers are at 19 and declining. Buyers are advancing, sellers are declining. And the trend line is on the upside. So all that looks good. <clears throat> now, for a $200 stock, I'm looking at a $2 premium. Okay, so it's $200. 200, all right. It's 225 cents by 231 cents. So it's a six cent difference between the bid and the ask. So you're buying it at the money at the moment, which would be $200.31. You could turn around and sell at the money a $200 strike price and collect a $2.30 premium, which there is your 1% right off the top. Okay? Now, um, the 102.5, eh, it's worth a buck 20, but then the stock has to move up in order to collect that. Now, if you want to just collect the premium, <clears throat> And go from there. That'd be great, because the the dividend itself is only dollar fifteen, okay, and it doesn't pay out for two weeks. So you could do um, two dollars and thirty cents, and, and collect that today, and then Friday, if she's over two hundred bucks, you'd be done and over with. And rather than collecting that dollar for um, a dividend. You collect a $2 premium instead. <coughs> Neat thing about it is you, you buy the stock for $200, $200. You sell the stock for $200. You, 
you collect either the premium or you collect the dividend. The dividends for a buck, what was it again? For a buck fifteen. And the premium is for two dollars and thirty cents. So, ladies and gentlemen, you tell me. You buy it for two hundred bucks. Actually, it's two hundred dollars and thirty-five cents at the moment. At this moment in time, the the bid is two thirty, and the ask is two fifty for the premium for the two hundred dollar strike price. So, if the stock stays the same, goes up a little bit, or even comes down a tiny bit, but still ends up over two hundred dollars by the end of the week, you get to collect more than the dividend. Because the dividend is only one fifteen, okay? You could get two thirty, two forty um, from the premium. Basically, the same thing. That's part of the dividend capture play. You know, collect the dividend, buck fifteen, or do I want to collect the premium for two thirty? You know, do the numbers. Why are you here? What are you looking to get? I'm only looking to get uh, a one percent per week, and so far. <coughs> <coughs> it looks like I'm getting that at this moment in time. All right, so that's it for today for the Dividend Kings and Warren Buffett's list. Tomorrow we're going to look at the Dividend Aristocrats, so stay tuned for tomorrow, and I will see you guys um, tomorrow and see what else we can do. All right, all that being said, this is James from Dividend Stock Talk. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. Well, that wraps up another session. I want to thank you for joining us. If you want to follow along with some of these live session trades, let us know. If you have any questions, we can get back to you. And have a great day. Well, that wraps up another session. I want to thank you for joining us. If you want to follow along with some of these live session trades, let us know. If you have any questions, we can get back to you. And have a great day.